welcome to the Are You Screw podcast. I'm back. Oh, wait, no, no, sorry. We're back. Uh, another episode of the Are You Screw podcast. I haven't been on for a while. You guys did an entire episode without me. I'm going to make this whole thing about me. Um, I'm Mike, along with Adam. Hello. Along with Max. It's all about you, so just go. Yeah, yeah. We're two weeks out from the end of the Rutgers football season, about two weeks out. What a glorious two weeks it's been. What a great few. No? You guys don't feel that way? um, It was nice watching college football on Saturday, and it was nice watching competent offenses all day. And not having this kind of gap where you're not watching competent offenses. I'm pretty sure you said that exact same quote after the bye week when we <laughs> did that episode. It's it's kind of like being away from either your dysfunctional family for a couple of weeks and somehow you miss it, or I I just feel like we just we need a therapy session. We haven't had one in a while. This is what this podcast. Yeah, is. no, it, it, that's what I'm saying. We needed it. We took we took uh, last week off. Um, I guess. We're officially going to try and go every other week now that we're into... I was kind of hurt you guys taped the Jamal Westman podcast without me. We weren't. It was. We, I we, mean, Jesus, that was a great interview. It was. It was fun. It was and, good. And you guys are like, nah, fuck Mike, we don't need him. I don't we're, think that's exactly what happened. No, I, that wasn't at all. I'm pretty sure you just, your, your, your schedule just does <laughs> not line up. You have a legitimate... Let me play the aggrieved party here, damn sure. it. It's tough, tough life covering the Knicks. I, I totally understand. But... Uh, football's over. It's done with. I don't, you know. After well, after the Kansas game, we knew that this that one and eleven was almost guaranteed, probably going to happen. Um, were you guys? Because when that Michigan State game, we were all kind of texting about it. And uh, were you hoping for two and ten there, or were you hoping for like, no, let's hit rock bottom one and eleven? Like, where were you guys? I don't. That? I didn't care. Like, I well. I was watching this game and I want them to win, but I'm like, it's, it's ten seven. Maybe they win, maybe they don't. But it's like, is there really a difference between two and ten and one and eleven? Yeah, I mean, I was totally invested. Once, <laughs> once it got to, once Geo threw that first touchdown, I'm like, we're rolling. What a let's throw. go! Um, what like, a start! I'm like, where's that been all year? Like, we we've got a shot tonight. Um, oh my god. Again, I'm going to sit there. I'm going to watch it. I'm a fan. It's not professional sports. I'm not rooting for Rutgers to tank by any means whatsoever. We all kind of heard throughout the season, Chris Ash is coming back. Chris Ash is coming back. We'll get into that. But because of that, I'm rooting for them to win. I just I don't want the, the, the suckiness. Is, it's like enough already. I'm with Adam on that one. Like, usually I root for chaos and anarchy. Um, and that's not chaos, by the way. 1-11 is not even really – we weren't even <laughs> no, at chaos at that I point. Just, chaos would have been like – Holy crap, they won their last game on the road to Michigan State with Gio Rochino at quarterback. That would have been chaos. Okay, fun. all right, let me let it put it like this. Usually I root for Rutgers in a case where like it's so obviously dysfunctional or doing something so poorly that in the hopes of it hitting rock bottom, this will be the eureka moment where they're like, wait, we really suck at this and we have the wrong people in charge. Maybe this is the time this will force us to like make good decisions. But then in the fourth quarter, I'm like, man, they could beat Michigan State in East Lansing. That would be kind of cool. That's a crummy Michigan State team, though. Like, it's still Michigan it would, State. Like, it, it, it still Michigan State. Oh, it would have it been fun. I'm just saying that I'm watching this, and I'm considering getting invested. And it's what like... Were you, you were, like, texting the whole time. Like, ah, I'm not even watching. I'm watching whatever no, crap is on I, TV. No, I actually... Um, I nearly... You tried to be too cool for it. I just didn't... 
I didn't care. I, I don't. It's hard. It's I'm not. It's not that I don't want them to win. It's that I'm not used to this world where I'm supposed to care about the difference between a 1 and 11 and 2 and 10. For me, it's like, it sucks anyway. It's nice to win, but... I'm just glad that all of America got to see Rutgers, <laughs> Michigan State. Can you believe that was on um, Fox? <laughs> that was uh, I, the ninth highest rated college football game of the weekend. What? A lot of people lose their remotes. Right. Because, yeah. like, you leave you leave the Ohio State-Michigan well, game what was on. The, what was the 8 o'clock game All the depressed Michigan fans clearly just left the house and went to go jump uh, off a bridge. I'm not sure what the 8 o'clock game was on Fox. I I'll look into that. I don't even know. But you, either some way. Some people were just drunk it, in that Michigan-Ohio State game. No, I'm saying, like, it was just a bunch of Michigan upset people who just, like, probably left their house with the TV on. It was just by accident. <laughs> then they came back later on, and they're like, what's this? <laughs> like, what, what are we watching right now? I was talking to a Michigan State fan during the game, and I was like, you guys don't deserve this win. And like it should count in your standings as like six wins, five losses, one did not lose to Rutgers. And he's like, Yeah, this team is trash. I don't even know what the hell is going on so anymore. What's the what's the takeaway? Is there is there any no, but this takeaway? game was not gonna be a takeaway. Not Michigan State, anything. not Michigan State. From this season? The game's over the season's over. They finished well, one and eleven. Yeah, I, can I have an optimistic note? Sure. Because I know that's not where this, this podcast is gonna go. Yeah. And it may surprise everyone to have me be an uh, an optimist in a sense. The team was not completely incompetent after Chris Ash took over as the defensive coordinator, right? As the guy calling the defensive plays. We, if we go back to those over-unders, we joked heading into that brutal stretch that, like, I, I think I predicted probably, I think I took the over on shutouts, over two. Like, yeah. I thought they were going to be embarrassed. Yeah. They were not embarrassed against any of the big major teams that they played. Now, do they... Other than Penn other than State. Buffalo and Kansas, no, no, no I, but that no, was. But no, that I, know, was I, know, I know. When we had talked about that, I know, I know. I know, I know. Like, so I mean, maybe there is something there. Like maybe Chris Ash's biggest value to this team um, is to be a defensive coordinator and to like completely control. No, no, but like seriously, like control that side of the ball. Um, don't bring in whoever he was going to bring in to do whatever you know he needs to do to replace Jane Neiman in. That sounded that sounded like a really informed take there, right? <laughs> right there, Mike. <laughs> what, whatever he's going to do to bring in whoever to do whatever. Do you know what Jane Neiman did this year? I wasn't pretending that I did. Okay, I'm just he, saying that you kind of, was I, obviously. You went on this whole rant of they should do whatever with whoever. Like, no, I are said, you a journalist? I said Chris Ash should stay on as the defensive play caller. The team was so much better with him in that position, and that might be like its biggest um, – it's fastest way to non-embarrassment next year. They they do lose some very important pieces from this defense going into next year. Unfortunately, well, they were ready without Bless One Austin. I just meant it, it's one of those things where I, again I don't. It's know. It's a young team. They'll step up. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm with you on that. Did I, I do that right? It's all. It's always the next guys yeah. who you haven't seen suck yet. <laughs> it, that is a positive. There's a, there's that, that's pretty much that's a my that's that, my only positive. The that's all I got. Was way better in the second half oh, of the yeah. season. Oh yeah, I mean, like, you they, can't. They were not an embarrassment by any stretch. Well, I remember wa watching the Ohio State Northwestern Big Ten Championship game. I'm like, this team almost lost to Rutgers. Like Rutgers had Northwestern beat. Now I know that was a bad day for Northwestern, but like that was that's a decent Northwestern. There's still a offense. better name than like, you got a running back named Bowser. It's still. It's I still good. can't get over that. It's so good. And Clayton Thorson. There's who something about like... Gus Johnson like yelling Bowser. You know, <laughs> it's like Bowser, like <laughs> second and two. He's like run. It's just like a typical <laughs> Gus. It was it was fun to watch that. And but then. the defense got better, right? Yeah. But I was just looking back at the box score from the Michigan State game before you got here. My talking with Adam. I can't imagine how ugly it was. And I'm saying, oh, you know what? 
Rashino threw for 109 yards. That's pretty good. And really? Like, that, like that's yeah. that's where we are yeah. with, with on the offensive it, side where I'm looking at 109 yards. Like, okay, that's a decent game passing when it's not. If 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 Art Sitkowski is like Gio Rashino good next year, do you take it? <laughs> no, but like that's a question considering he was sure, like Gio Nathan pretty, Peterman good no, this he, year. No, he pretty much Gio pretty much played a mistake free game and made some plays when he had to and did what Gio does. He it was. Geo from the year before and prior, he he somehow kept Rutgers in some games. Yet you know they were probably never going to win it because he he's not that good. But well, he was never going to embarrass. The, the, their style of play lended to not getting embarrassed because when you have a good defense, right, it, it limits you know the opportunities for the other sure. team. And then Rutgers kind of just like grinds it down every time, and he's not going to make an interception every four passes. And basically, they just give fewer points, so the deficit. You know, has to be lower. Like basically, that's it. Like, there's only so many touchdowns you can give up. Were we at all surprised that Chris Ash is coming back? Uh, Rutgers no. is poor, Dave. And, right. Well, what's the old Chris Rock joke? Other teams have bat day. We have I, bring I guess, a bat day. I guess my point being is there seemed to be not momentum building, but it seemed there was some anger within the Rutgers community, however small it is, of this fan base that really is fed up with him but we all the three of us have kind of said all year doing this is like if they're going to do the typical Rutgers thing they, they might as well keep him so that's well, what Pat Hobb do did. we know, do we know any um, program boosters and can we ask them whether they would have raised raised money to buy out if they, but they would have they probably could have like if there's some sort of like fancy science machine that can turn anger into cash <laughs> I'm sure that, well, I asked that there, there is. It's called Fox News and the Republican. <laughs> you can tell National Party. Mike's back. There's, there's the politics. There's, there's Mike. <laughs> I guess I asked this question to like to, it's in our chain. I, I was like, if you're a season ticket holder, as I am, and my family is, I wonder if you go to uh, they had what twenty thousand season tickets sold. So I don't know what the individual like of of the amount of right. people who yeah you know households or, or you know yeah exactly yeah. So if they went and said for every ticket, right, just give us an extra five hundred dollars oh, per ticket, yikes. per ticket, not just per head of the household. Per ticket, per ticket. So are, like if you are have, those tickets worth five hundred dollars? No, not at all. But my point being okay. is that if they're like, we want an extra five hundred dollars per ticket. Yeah, you're not heading that. into next season, and Chris Ash is gone. We like a hundred percent gone. I wonder if Rutgers fans <laughs> would do that. No. I think you. I no. think you I, I, maybe your it, family. We, I, I think like maybe it'd be interesting. Tops, tops, five percent. Five. I was gonna say tops. maybe. I was gonna go with maybe ten percent. I think there's more than you think out there. I think there's more people that really care about this program yeah. than like maybe you think they do. I mean, they have to. No, work. no. I think I think there's a lot of people who care. I don't know that there's a lot of people who want to spend their money. I also don't know how many of the Rutgers Stadium tickets that they have are even worth $500 for the no, season. No, they're not at all. I know, but I'm saying, so that's what you're saying. You're like, give us $500, which is more than or twice as much as your yes, actual ticket. But give us $500 and a result that you want. We can't give you wins because you're not going to get that. But, but if you want the head coach like, gone, you can. But buying out your coach is always about how much will your best, uh, will your high spending boosters pay? Right, like that's where that's where it is. Usually. Well, no, my hypothetical was everybody chipping a little bit to get the coach gone, and then from there, let then you got to yeah, then what? Yeah, but money. that's always been the question. It's like then what? And by the way, which is this is why Rutgers is then you hire Ryan Day, right? No, but that this is why Rutgers is screwed regardless. Ryan Day is getting four point five million dollars. <laughs> who is a year. Ryan Day and exactly? 
Like, this is why it is just pointless sometimes talking about <laughs> Rutgers football, because I don't even know if I want to be involved in that. It's 22,337 tickets. That's uh, season tickets. That's what NJ.com How reported back in August. I don't know. Like, I, I think I don't think the drops going to be as... No, I don't think the drops really? going to be I can't believe they have this... Said they have, can you believe they have that many right now? No. But they also just went 111, and they're, like... This is the team. This is like the yeah. football team that goes one and fifteen and brings everyone Man, back. They're I the Browns. See, I could see nineteen to twenty. Okay, if you're buying Rutgers football season tickets, this you is the know, year you, that all of a sudden makes you stop. But like, you also yeah, it was like you had expectations for this year. You had five I, win. <laughs> I mean, whatever. Right, it's expectations. Rutgers, if you've been a Rutgers fan for a while, there have been plenty of years where you have had expectations and you've fallen but, but way short. I think of those. I think you're viewing it the wrong way. I don't know how many of these twenty-two thousand people who bought these season tickets have been Rutgers fans for a while. We don't know how I many. Think it's a, I, think, I think a lot. Like Mike, I think a lot have. I mean, I was there in in the in the nineties. They didn't have twenty thousand a year, but they weren't like. I would be curious for a like, breakdown of. Of these twenty-two thousand season ticket holders, like you know, how long they've had it? If we can kind of group those, I, I, I would like. I think that'd be really interesting. And, I think people have been around for a while, and there isn't, and there, there's a significant number of people who have the season tickets because they're in the Big Ten, where you know you're getting Michigan and Penn. Like, well, I'm not they, saying it's, I'm not saying it's a ton of them, but there is a percentage of them that are a small, that, that wouldn't. I think that percentage has shrunk. See, I think that's where after the first after the first two years, right, the lore of the Big Ten is completely worn off now officially. We saw it with Penn State this year and Michigan just by the crowds alone of it. And when you're really bad, like, again, they, they aren't carrying the weight of... I was surprised by the Michigan... For Penn State, whatever, that's a crummy... That's a Penn, a Penn State team that's not up to their standard. I was surprised that that place wasn't more full of Michigan Maybe, fans. I guess. Either way. Uh, so, I, I don't know. It leads to the question then after. I mean, Chris Ashton back. We all seem to think that... I, I don't know. It, right decision? Is that the right word for it? Like, well, best decision... You don't care. It's it's what we've been talking about, where it's like they just have a bunch of bad options to choose from, and we'll get to the statement by Pat Hobbs in a moment. We'll read it. We'll kind of break it down line by line and, and give some of our thoughts on it. But it's just they have a bunch of bad options to pick from, and from Pat Hobbs' statement and the way we've heard Chris Ash talk before, the fact that he had that ridiculous language in his contract were. His original contract was basically a six-year contract where he was going to get an extension. Uh, I mean, that was whatever. But what I'm saying is that, like, if if you had to do that to get Chris Ash, it seems abundantly obvious that no one wanted this job, and so uh, I don't think that's the best way of looking. Maybe at not. It. No one wanted. I that, think, but it's I hard. Think, to... I think the way you look at it is the job was very difficult, and to make it attractive, you had to give people a very long-term contract with certain stipulations that assure them that when they go, you know, four wins over the first three years, they're not going to be fired or on the hot seat. Right, but that's part of the reason that it, I think it is good that he's coming back because there's this reputation, and it's not it's not unearned, that Rutgers football is a dumpster fire. And you don't want to be the university that's like, all right, you're gone after three years right. because it's it, from the outside, I can only imagine what people say about – Rutgers. Really, you need to imagine. You just go on Twitter every Saturday. SB Nation has a "How Rutgers was this play" meter every time they fuck up. Okay, on the, the, the the point is, is that like there's the. I mean, I I just mean among like the coaching community, right? That oh, they, they fired Chris Ash after three. Not that he's done some phenomenal job. I mean, but, but I think Chris Ash was a pretty good pull when he was hired. Like he was the defensive coordinator at Ohio he State. He was the guy standing next to Urban Meyer. Oh, hey, but. That's usually a pretty attractive guy. The guy standing next to Urban Meyer this time got the Ohio State job. 
That's fair. That's fair. Um, so should we get to the statement? Yeah, why, okay. why not? All right, so Pat Hobbs... Where do we land, by the way, on what we took from <laughs> from this season? Did we ever come to any conclusion about what we actually learned? Uh, one of, if not the worst, I've ever seen for a Rutgers football team solely because of some expectations and some... The embarrassing losses were crazy. So... Uh, it's in the top three of worst I've ever seen. Worst teams I've ever seen for Rutgers. Can I? Because you guys are much more um, football X's and O's experts than I am. Uh, sure, yeah. Uh, okay. Well, considering my base. You're talking to the 5'7 Jewish team. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, I'm real, real city, expert city across, Yeah, like, come on. Sitting across from the 5'8 Jewish yeah. team. <laughs> yeah. Who's actually pretty good at flag football, so I'll give Max that. No, that, uh, that was tackle football we were playing back oh, in college. Yeah, okay. yeah. All right. Um, no, my thing has been... For a while, I think that despite the like non-aggressive shittiness of the Rutgers offense this year, I still think that they should get rid of McNulty and try to hire a competent spread offense uh, offensive coordinator. We're gonna do like, it again. And you want to redo the offense entirely again? <laughs> yes, you might as well. <laughs> I think I think I think that one. If you know Chris Ash was scared off by Drew Maringer, like the problem there was not the offense, it was the play caller, who obviously was not ready for that job. Right. So I, I think the only way that Rutgers will be able to be competitive unless they go on a, like a ridiculously hot recruiting streak will to ha- will to be with a like differentiating offense. That's not just trying to out athlete and out like execute guys every Saturday. Paul Johnson just retired. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's, he's retired. That's the whole point. He's not coaching. He's okay. not urban. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. if I, I just I just think like that's where they should have gone. And. I mean, obviously, like, if you need serious improvement next year. But the spread's not unique to college football. That's what most teams are doing. But the spread is what allows you to overcome certain talent gaps, right? If you execute it, right? Like, and it creates so many fits for the defense. Like, that, you don't need to win the battle up front. You don't need to run the ball with three tight ends and then try to pass out of it and be stronger and faster. It's just the same conversation. They've changed the coordinator every year, and they're still the worst passing offense. It doesn't matter. If the only consistent thing over the last three years is that they're the worst passing offense in the country, and it doesn't matter if it's Merringer or if it's Jerry Kill or if it's John McNulty. At some point, you have to the talent. Is it, 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 like, but that's the point. The talent is bad. Trying to do something with no, the scheme. No, I, I get what you're saying, but they have tried. They did. They 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 started. They, they ran that really. They kept running that screen, the Raheem Blackshear, and then the other teams figured it out. It was it was really okay, good. Like, for, like hired two games. an OC who goes beyond that one screen to Raheem Blackshear. That, How about that? Well, we, we talked about it briefly. That throw by uh, Rashinio in the was, Michigan State game. Like that's the kind of thing that teams that teams do. That that it's not like it's not like. The quarterback pooped a unicorn. Like it was just it's that's just something that happens and it's just something we don't Can see. Someone gif that please. Uh, was Rashino pooping a unicorn? But the, the, the point is that when we saw that, I'm always pe- looking for the one point where like we figure out what the title of the episode is going to be, and I think we just did. like and it, it's that's not supposed to be that rare that the quarterback throws an accurate pass to an open receiver 20 yards down the field, and yet that's what we're watching. Uh, whether it's McNulty or K- it's not that rare, Mike. Sitkowski had that one pass down the sideline to Blackshear against Wisconsin. No, Sitkowski showed some really great passes like throughout the. I'm just saying, but the fact that we can run them off by memory. Right, but what I'm saying is it's not supposed we're not supposed to remember every single one. Right? That, like we're not supposed to be in a year where they had five touchdown passes. So I don't know what the answer is. Hey, maybe consistency from one year to the next will be good. Maybe they need to go to a new offensive coordinator. My guess is they're still gonna be one of the worst passing offenses in the country next year, no matter what they do. Yeah, I mean that's fair. All I right. just I just like I don't know. So let's get to the, the statement by Pat Hobbs, because this was 
I found the way it happened kind of odd. All year we'd be here we'd be hearing, you know, through the NJ.com guys and whatnot that uh Chris Ash is coming back. So the percentage chances of him being fired was extremely low. Pat Hobbs didn't want to say anything on the record all year long. As soon as the Michigan State game is over and the season is over, he does one of those weird releases through his notes. Right? He screenshots <laughs> it, sends it to SID. Just like he a sends mass it, like, text. It's just bizarre. So he sends it out basically saying Chris Ash is coming back and like we're going to move on from here. Then a couple days later, he sends out a tweet, an email. I mean, all Rutgers fans, season ticket holders got it. Basically a <clears throat> plea to the community, which let, let's let's go line by line. Max will read it here, and let's just dissect this thing because I found the whole thing a little odd. Dear Rutgers faithful, when I arrived at Rutgers three years ago, our athletic department was facing many challenges. And he goes with the past tense there. Um, our program, with notable exceptions, uh, were struggling to be competitive. Again. Still are. Yeah, still, still, again, going with the past tense. Okay. No significant investment had been made in facilities in decades, aside from that $100 million renovation right. for the football stadium. Yeah, I, I mean, that, that, that was one where I was kind of just like, you got to be shitting me, dude. <laughs> like, I, I mean, the years of debt service the that re- Rutgers the re- had to pay Part off. of the reason why Rutgers is in the Big Ten is because of what they did to Didn't the Bob, stadium. Bob I mean, Mulcahy he get fired for some shadiness on that? Like, I, like... Okay. Like that has been the defining act of their entire sure. and that's like, one of those, last twenty years. And that's one of those things where if you if you asked Hobbs, but he'd say, "Well, I'm talking about like the softball yeah. practice facility. Yeah. Um, <laughs> fundraising needed a bo- boost, and morale was low. Still is. Yeah. Um, our football program, despite some early success in the Big Ten, that's true. Yeah. Uh, was heading in the wrong direction. Okay. Um, recruiting was not at the level it needed to be. The practice fields, weight room, and locker room were all in need of an upgrade. Okay. If they had better practice fields, weight room, and locker rooms, would they have been able to beat Buffalo and Kansas? They, and that's the point. They got the updated practice field. They got the updated locker room, uh, the, the weight room. They're going to get the updated locker room next year, and you're still going to suck. I can pretty didn't much we, Didn't we hear, like, Shiano in the – like previous two coaches talk about how nice the Hale Center was. I just I the Hale Center is nice. Like it's nice in there. This is just why I hate. This is the one thing about college sports that I just can't stand. Is this like arms race for the facilities where it's just like it's just so well. Annoying. There's all this money and right. none of it's going to the players. Right. So I just like I, I, whatever. I'm sorry. That was a side. <laughs> no, track, but but it's but it's, so but, but it's true. Is that there's all this money around college sports? You can't give all of it to the coaches. You can't give all of it to the administrators. Like, Mike, you're around a professional sports organization. Like. There are universities with way better facilities because they just they have to put the money somewhere. Oregon had a fucking waterfall. <laughs> Legit waterfall in its damn so facility. Annoying. So every year that that's why Rutgers isn't winning. It's cause still cause still the facilities aren't up to par. Yeah, you know, if they had better <laughs> By the way, better facilities, they could have beaten can, Buffalo and can Kansas. We, can we talk about the framing of this letter? Like before we go on, think about it, right? So Pat Hobbs coming off a one eleven football season, coming off of two years of whatever you want to call Pykele, but like losing seasons. The way he frames this letter to try to like reignite the fan base is by only talking about the things that he is solely responsible for through fundraising and that he can get credit for and nothing that he can be uh, blamed for, which is like the competitiveness of the football and basketball programs. Well, let's keep going and so then we can break that down. Um, there was an ongoing investigation or an ongoing NCAA investigation that would later result in sanctions and probation. Despite these challenges, Chris Ash wanted to be the head coach of the Scarlet Knights. We knew this process would require hard work, patience, and investment. Success would not happen overnight. Damn right about that. 
We would have to recruit special young men dedicated to the challenge. We are in the Big Ten East, the toughest division of any conference in the country. Every year we go up against the most storied programs in the history of college football, like Buffalo and Kansas. Our goal is to turn our football program into one that is bowl eligible every year. That's a funny, like, I, I know, I know that's kind of what we're looking for, but that's kind of a funny height to be aspiring And, and by towards. the way, you know, we shit on Chris Ash all the time for this lack of tradition and not paying homage to the past. Pat Hobbs could have said back to a bowl. Like, yeah, this was a program that was bowl eligible every year mm-hmm. under Greg Schiano and you're just fucking you have now you're trying to erase fans memories of what was prior to Kyle Flood like like this isn't a 40 year drought here right but the, there, look, even there, during Kyle Flood. there is a difference of course in being in the Big Ten and being in in, in that Big East sure but still uh, bowl games though still no, it was nine bowl games in 10 years and he at the time be, he just be I, nice I had a, I had a list I don't, I don't have it. still a, top a, 10 ranking I had a list of all the teams in the country who had been bowl eligible nine out of 10 years and Rutgers was among like 15 to 18 programs know, he, like it was like LSU Florida like it was a bunch of really good programs yeah. and then Rutgers in there at nine and 10 you, years you can't put a line in there that says we're really proud of our recent tradition of going to bowl games we want to get back to that but then, like again, it's but these just, are the this is the same athletic department that when Greg Schiano came back as a defensive coordinator for Ohio right, State, they, they gave him a, a PowerPoint presentation with like four slides on the scoreboard when they should have been building a statue outside the stadium. But it's like, but it's classic mealy mouth administrativeness, right? Like the only way you can look good is by completely trashing the people who came before you, and you can say, "Look where I saved this yeah, from." It's not a good look. Um, our goal is to turn our football program into one that is bowl eligible every year that graduates young men of high character. And that is a source of pride to the Rutgers community and our state. All right, let's just just skip over all the arrests this season. <laughs> um, well, they're not those guys, Those kids aren't graduating, Adam, so that doesn't count. They have a chance. <laughs> that remains our goal. Over the course of the season, I have heard from alumni, donors, and fans who expressed their frustration with the results on game day. Wasn't me. Those calls came in loud and clear. Many were quite colorful. Um, so are these people leaving in voicemails? Are they sending? Are these people actually writing letters? Like, who are these people? We should FOIA those. Just read them. One of these episodes. Just read all the like angry emails and letters that he's getting. All right, we're gonna do that. Um, over under three from somebody in my family. <laughs> wait, wait. Is, is there over, someone? Is over, there someone in your family sending angry emails? No, to I don't know. I'm just. Okay. Uh, I think that your There's brother very good has percent. definitely done it. Um, this was a disappointing yeah. football season for all of us. Coach Ash, myself, our athletes, our students, and you, our loyal supporters. We had a goal and failed to achieve it. The goal was bowl eligibility. I By think. the way, I also feel like that was a collective. Like it was almost like a we all failed together. Like that's yeah. how I read it, as if like I'm part of the problem right, right now as as a supporter. Um, you did well, look, Adam. You did destroy <laughs> part of the stadium. And I plan there will be a. Another seat back next year. A new State one. Is full. A new one. I hope so. Uh, I pay for it. Nevertheless, I'm extremely optimistic about the future of Rutgers athletics next year and beyond. You should be too. Now, this next paragraph, Mike, this is the one that you're going to love. I look. It hit me. Just look at what we've accomplished together in the past yes. three years. We've built strength and conditioning facilities yes. the Yale Center in the rack. We opened a new baseball and softball Woo! practice facility. The Marco Battaglia football practice complex is the best in the nation. Oh, in July, we will open the RWJ Barnabas Health Athletic Performance Center. Can't wait. That will house our basketball, wrestling, and gymnastics programs. In the spring, we will break ground on the Gary and Barbara Rodkin Academic Success Center. And in August, start our celebration of the 150th anniversary of college football with the grand opening of the Brown Family Football Locker Room. Now, look, 
we were talking before about how it's kind of amazing that they have 22,000 season tickets. And I don't know what it's like to just have millions of dollars sitting around. And I know that when you have tons of money, you like to, you know, you like to put your name on things and have a legal legacy to your kids. But I can't believe I, this is the this is the positive thing you can say about Pops. I can't believe he he gets he, all this money. Like how a, how does he sell people he, on this? He's a fucking magician when it comes to the fundraising aspect of things. There there is it is the it is the necessary evil in college sports. I hate it. We talk we could talk we could have a six hour episode on paying the players one day and stop with the bullshit facility stuff. It's not going to happen. So in the meantime. This is the one area of being an athletic director where he has beyond succeeded. It's incredible. Like I, you I, can't knock him for the fact that he actually set a goal when he first came here, and he somehow was close to it three years in. Props to None Pat of Hobbs. us would have guessed that. Props to Pat Hobbs so, for, that, for building all those buildings. Pat, now, Pat props. <laughs> as Mike likes to joke about, it's just a lot. They're just buildings. I mean, I can only care so much about like just buildings. Well, it's one of those things in college football, right? Like, you, you know that, Adam's talking about, there's this arms race for all these facilities, but it seems like these other programs built the facilities when they actually had the money for it. And I know they've gotten nah, some donations. that's not necessarily true. Well, look, no one does subsidies quite like Rutgers. That I mean, that is statistically accurate. Yes. yes. Um, these are long overdue investments that will pay dividends for many years to come. Uh, our program, has, our football program, is a solid until tour. we ask for until we ask for another one. It's yeah. something else new. It's right, exactly. New. But we I, need I, a I new it. practice facility. Right, like, I didn't notice anything for the field hockey team or for the soccer team. So field the, hockey team's actually fucking well, the, good. The, the, right. uh, whatever the Barbara, the Barbara, building. the Gary and Barbara yeah, yeah, Rodkin yeah. academic success. That's, that's a little. That's a little wordy. As a name of a building, we'll nickname it. We'll give um, it a good nickname. The Rod Barb. The Barb. <laughs> the Barb. Yes. <laughs> the, no, that, it's not the Barb. Um, all right. We don't want to do that. Our football program, She's better than that. Uh, our football program is a solid core of young talent returning in 2019. 30 of our first or second year student athletes saw action for the first time, and we return 18 players who have started. That's that is pretty good. Like that's it's good to have more players coming back. Now, of course, can I can I ask just because this popped in my head as he says this about the young core of the Rutgers team? Wasn't Chris Ash just a few weeks ago saying that Rutgers didn't have good enough depth in its on its roster to make it better this year. Oh yeah, that was that was a, a thing. Who do I believe here? How, how many are we? We still have some lines left. Oh yeah, well, let's right. get to the end of it because then I. Have... Um, this provides a strong nucleus to build around as Coach Ash and his staff hit the recruiting trail this off season. Uh, we will recruit student athletes who love to play football, who excel in the classroom, and who want to represent the State University of New Jersey. Continuity is the key to accomplishing our goals. No one said this would be easy or straight uphill. What does that mean? Like they, they would just go straight up, like quickly uphill, I, I guess, and it would be successful. I, I didn't get that one. Um, there are many examples of programs and coaches who, in the process of building, experience disappointment in year three. Shouldn't he have referenced? Is that, he was is that, that was the tweet? Tweet? He was tweeting out that <laughs> shit about about comparing Frank Beamer to Chris Ash. You son of a bitch, God. He took. He straight up took that tweet, put it in yeah. that damn statement. Um, the critics will continue to say it can't be done. That won't deter us from our task. Um, this next paragraph was was the one that I was really, I, I really, uh, I enjoyed. Um, there is something else you should know. Whether it's football, basketball, or any of our other programs, success is also dependent on you. Your yes. continued support is essential. In Me. good times and bad, we need you. Money. Give us money. We need more money. <laughs> That's all he's saying, right? Like, yes. money, money, money. We need more money. Uh, we are Scarlet Knights. We don't quit and we don't flinch in the face of adversity. 
Is that true? I don't know. I, I do like this. Like, if we fail, it's your fault. Like, I like this framing. Just just be more straight up with it. Keep supporting us, no matter how few games we win. It's the, it's it's the again, trust us. We're gonna get it. Like just, just, just give me, give me the money now. You'll, you'll get a bigger return cra- on it in the end. The crazy like, thing, you are just a scam artist. Is that the people that have been, that have been vocal about the expenses of the Rutgers athletic farm? They've been talking about this stuff for like fifteen years, and it's only gotten worse. And at every point, it's give us more money. We need more money. And what this is, I guess, a conversation for another time to really get into kind of the finances, which I, I assume we'll do at some point. But it's like, <laughs> at some point. You know what this reminds me of? I remember when I graduated. So we, Max and I, we graduated in 2009, which was right in the, you know, fucking heart of the recession. And I remember I'm living in my parents' house, and I get a call, and it's the Rutgers, um, those, like, people calling from the Telephone. Rutgers banks, telephones, yeah. asking for more money. And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, you guys just got $80,000, and I'm here unemployed, oh, thanks my, to a degree with you. Mike so definitely he, yelled at some 20-year-old kid. Who no, no, I, I, was, I was cool about it. But, the, like, this is Pat Hobbs. Hey, you just gave me money. We went up one in eleven. Can you give me more money? I don't know. It's just like the thing I don't get about this is like, but but th- this is the other part of it is we can make fun of him all he wants, but he's good at he's it. He's got he's good at it. He's and good at it. But like we're Rutgers, we have to panhandle. But like, who's who's this messaging to? I, that is my question because like, I, here's a couple of things. When he talks about the future, maybe it's good because this right here ignores everything about like what today is about. A that's a long ass letter about. A quarter way through it, I'm like, enough of this bullshit. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> right? He could have just put out a viral video of, like, Chris Ash dabbing. I'm back. Pat Hobbs dabbing. I'm back. <laughs> Pat, Hobbs, I'm like, Pat Hobbs, party Pat, chugging a beer. Right. Remember him? That was cool, right. Pat And he'd be like, here, for every, like, 30, like, thousand dollars I get, I will chug a beer. <laughs> and, and, like, and, like here's, the, here's, the, here's the tagline. Yes. Thing. Here's the tagline. Him drinking that beer, he just goes, guys, we suck this year, but you know what? Next year we're gonna crush it like I crushed this beer. Boom, and then he crushes and then he crushes it. Then he actually crushes yeah. the beer. Like Just he goes yeah. right. I, I don't know who this. I, I guess again, I'm sure there have been plenty of like old people yelling, old man yells at cloud type emails that have been sent to Pat Hobbs this year. I can only imagine, <laughs> like with ridiculous stuff in there that just doesn't make any sense. So, and again, they have the analytics. They know who <clears> their <throat> donor base is. They don't have a young donor base, a, a core. We've talked about that forever. <laughs> yeah, but just because you're older doesn't mean that, like, you're going to read this and be like, oh, my God, no, I feel this is totally asked, genuine. No, yes, no, no. give I'm, me more. But you, you asked who Like, maybe to. I'm overly cynical and I will freely admit my fault, but just say, guys, we weren't that good this year. We're going to try to get better. Like, give us a chance. Don't give me but whatever. That 500, word, viral video. 500 that, words that. of crap. And like, but when are the? But when are these? Like, you don't hear that from athletic directors. They're suits. They're going to give you, and they, and they run it through their PR people. They're not going to give you what you want. Like, it's the same thing with coaches, right? You know what? Coaches if, are just going to say nothing. But if I was, if I was Chris Ash, yeah, let's have Mike. If I was Chris Ash or even Steve Peichel, like. I would be angry at that letter because it completely puts everything around Pat Hobbs and only boosts uh, boasts about his accomplishments and all the buildings they you know built. 
and like none of the actual on-field right, stuff. It's that weird. Done. It's weird. And it's yeah. like, then what the hell? You're just doing it to save I, your own I ass. Said, I put it in the text. I was shocked we didn't put into the magical Big East tourney, the Big Ten tournament run last year, yeah, or like, like the the wins over the, whatever Big Ten team. Yeah. The only mention of that it was really and, strange. and not like he could have mentioned Steve that Vivian Trigger a thousand wins. Like that's fucking awesome, right? Yeah, yeah. That, that, that is weird. There's not, a lot to be proud about at Rutgers. Like again, the, that that was a very yeah. I didn't know it was that. a self-serving way of putting it. And the only mention of the actual on-field product was guys when i got here we sucked right but let me tell you about these buildings like if i was a coach i would be like why didn't you yeah, mention this, any of the stuff the <laughs> field hockey team like, this right, they're was more about pat hobbs than it was about chris Ed. it was only about the pat women's hobbs. soccer team who've made a bunch of ncaa <laughs> yeah. tournaments recently like again there there is stuff at rutgers to somewhat be proud of it it is that's where not even someone like no, you should be proud no, of right right you can so this was not a very positive feeling letter and which is, it was nothing. It was a whole lot of nothing. All right, so we don't quit and we don't flinch in the face of adversity. That's Rutgers and that's Jersey. From the season ticket holder who has been with us for over 30 years to the young kids who welcome our team each week at the Scarlet, Lo- Lo- Scarlet Walk to the alum who just pledged $10 million to the Big Ten bill. Man, does he love long sentences separated <laughs> by a lot of commas. Your loyalty is appreciated and respected. It inspires me, Coach Ash, and our entire Rutgers Athletics team to work hard every day to bring you the success you deserve. Let's go, Rutgers Nation. Shoulder to shoulder, we have work to do. Go, are you. You know what I think when I see this? When you combine the, like, iPhone notes that you text out to five reporters and then you, you know, this, whatever the hell you want to call that. It's like, it's it's just Pat Hobbs kind of, like, backing into renewing Chris Ash for another year and not really wanting to take, like, a lot of... Um, do you do you care that this wasn't sent out earlier or midway through the season? I think... No. We were waiting for it. But, like, what were you waiting... Like, the thing that would bother me is, like, all right, you want to bring back Chris Ash? Do more than Here's, just, like, me, send out a notes thing. Like, go talk to people, ask and answer questions, and say that there. That. My, Mike's point, and to me, the only thing I would have done differently It just here, makes you seem like, eh. This letter is what it is. As Max said, PR move. I Again, I would handle it differently. I would, you want to send a letter out. You want, I would do some crazy, stupid video. Like, he actually sometimes has a personality. He, would, he does have saw, a personality. We saw him at the rack going up to the students and trying to make everybody go crazy when we were at that, like... He's a normal human being. I'm a little shocked at, at his kind of his strategy on this one. I didn't understand it. And I don't understand. I would have sent the uh, quote to the writers after the Northwestern game. That is what bothered me. Because technically, you've left your coach hanging. Yeah. You've left him hanging on the recruiting trail. We just want to know whether or not he was coming back. He could have done both. He could have said... Nothing's changing. I'm going to evaluate everything, but I've seen enough where Chris Ash is coming back, and then do this whole big hurrah at the end of the. But year. I, but I think I thought the timing of like three days separating the notes and then this letter was odd. But for me, I'm just looking at this, kind of looking back. I don't think there was ever a chance he was getting fired after this year. That like because it like if it if he didn't get fired after one and eleven and getting annihilated by Buffalo and Kansas. What, like, then when you, then you send, guess, when you was send he, out the guess, support after the Northwestern game? From an actual strategic standpoint to help his coaches and to, and also, and to also silence the the bubbling of, like, again. But he, my guess is that the, the, that Max, we, we, we're the only people and the fans are the only people who thought that he had, like, he, that right, he was going to, he had a chance of leaving. But Max, that's enough. He, you let but a that, small yeah. portion of that core fan base let that fester you will run into people who we ran into in the parking lot who were like i am not giving what i gave the last couple of years i'm done with that 
if you get ahead of it, and that's what you're supposed to do as the AD, no, that's be, all I'm saying. Because the one, in, it doesn't matter if, if, if he comes out and is supportive oh, it, of Chris Ash. What, what, like, what do you yeah, mean? Yeah, because I think then you move on from that. You move on from that. I think, and and he could have, and for him again, now playing Monday morning quarterback, you make that statement after Northwestern and the way they played the last that brutal stretch of the season, he would have had a ton of ammo going into the offseason being like, I get it. We didn't have the wins. You've seen progress. He was backed into a corner here. Either way, like by releasing the note after the Michigan State game, you're you're basically like saying, okay, there has been pressure on it. You've been on sitting it. on it. You so released it the game yeah. was over. So like you knew, like either there was people, there were people who were asking about Chris Ash's status going there into next year, or there wasn't. And since there were, release it the earliest <laughs> you can, and the release, uh, the Guys, earliest I, you were certain I, he was coming back. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out. I don't have the greatest connection to the world. I know plenty of enough well-to-do donors. People were not just sitting there being like, we want Chris Ash back and we're fine with it. Like Pat Hobbs had some fire under his butt to figure out and put it out, and he just sat on it for a while. You just you just can't do that. I don't. He could have done it after the Penn State game for all we cared. Like again, I just thought it was weird. As soon as the game ends, as soon as the season ends, I don't, I, I just I thought his threat for a guy who is so aggressive about how he got his coach six days after being introduced as the AD, how he went after quote unquote Steve Peichel, whatever. I just, I just thought his strategy was odd. All right. So what are our takeaways from this season? What will you remember fondly or not fondly about this? Like specific moments, kind of you know. From, oh, me abs- season, absolutely like... losing my shit at the Penn State game. And finally, years of frustration and, <laughs> and trying to be calm this year when the the the, the, the Failey specialist, Max, dubbed it. And I lost – I just – I couldn't take it anymore. I ripped out the seat back. I have one of those nice cushions. Well, I my I, family has one of those nice cushions. We had one of tense. our seats, and those got thrown a couple rows in, mm. in front of me, in which I, like, split open my nail – Bleeding on like it was a it was a battle wound. So what? So yeah, that was what I will always remember. Just freaking um, out after the that. Fa- for for me, and it's kind of for me, it's been kind of the the depressing thing about the last three years of Rutgers football is that we've had so few interesting games that we look back and we're like, oh, I remember that game because like I I was looking at the schedule from like 2016. And it'll be like, you know, a, a giant loss to some, to whoever. And I was like, I don't remember that game. I, I, I didn't take anything away from that. Um, so we had the Penn State game. That was interesting. Uh, I'll remember that Kansas blowout because that was what, like, remember at the oh time, that was like, yo, what's this? Because going into that week, we're like, oh, they're better than Kansas. Like, of course they're better than Kansas. And then, you know, they're running back with half a foot. Puka Williams ran all over them. Um, I remember Buffalo minus six. Yeah, Buffalo was, minus six, baby. And Max was all over that. Money one. line. Yeah. But that was the I Rutgers money, money line, line game. Yeah. yeah. Adam just yelling Rutgers yeah. money line. Oh, Not a good no. moment for the health guy. Buffalo brothers. minus no. six. Oh, that was nice. Um, the Indiana game, that wasn't, there was nothing really there. I didn't see the Illinois game. Um, Luckily, I'm, I didn't either. Yeah. So. Uh, Maryland was an interesting game. That was a game that I watched on delay, and you guys were texting me as awful thing happened. Oh, it was just like, oh, God. And then I got to kind of, in my head, <laughs> mentally prepare for what, what could it be this what time? What could it be this time? And every time they found a different way to surprise me, that, that Northwestern game. Um, but this kind of, it's the loss. They, but that's just kind of the whole point, right? Like, it was a lost season. There's barely any memories, and there's no reason to, like, Think back about the 2018 season in any positive way. It sounds like there's no reason to live anymore, Mike. I don't know why you sound. I will will view this season very 
kind of in similar ways, not in terms of like win total. Like I always go back to like the, uh, I think it's the 2008 Rutgers team. Like how did they not win a Big East championship? The, how did this team not win four games? No, not no, not that. Again, where it was like you just had like some things that you had to take advantage of. This was one of the worst years for the Big Ten. Yep. Ever. Yeah. Like this was the year to overachieve and and jump up a step early. And they went the complete opposite way. Like again, if you would have told me that within the first like five years of being in the conference, that Penn State was going to be this bad a couple times, and we couldn't take advantage of it once and beat them. That's why it's just so... Dad, Adam, did you say that so I would respond, they're going to beat Penn State? Yes, I still can't believe you actually think that. They're they going, won't. They're going. They won't. Adam, This. they're also, you know who else they're going to beat? They're going to beat Michigan State, too. These teams aren't, these programs oh, are not that Michigan great. Michigan State, yeah. Sure. Yeah, Absolutely. I see Michigan State in the Like, in they're going to beat Michigan State. I will never go- get the satisfaction of seeing they're, them beat Penn State. They're going never. to beat Penn Ever. State, Adam. They're going to. It's not that great of a program at this point. <laughs> they're going to beat Penn State. Uh, I mean, they were like number five but, team uh, in the country but what I'm, year. But they're not overwhelmed. They're not Ohio State. Rutgers will probably never beat Ohio State, but they're going to beat Penn State. Um, all right, so I think we've talked enough about football. You know, we can close the right the cover on this season. We're I mean, there's, there's still We're football done. on. The bowl season's coming up. It's always cool when there's a. a football Do we get to game bet on done. those? We we finished six and six. We're uh, we're going to a betting bowl game. Yeah, we we can we can bet on all of the bowls if if, if we want to. I don't really know how we want to do that, but I mean, there, it's cool when there's like a you know the Gasparilla Bowl on like a Tuesday night. Well, we'll be on right before bowl season, so maybe we should yeah. do something along those lines. Yeah, we, where we, we can figure we'll something. Come up we something. should figure out some Rutgers ties to these bowl games. Sure, and find Let's a way to like make yeah, bets on. We, yeah, we, we could figure it out. Pick a few. Um, but I, I guess I, what we're really getting at is, with how bad the football season was, we had to look forward a little bit towards basketball early. We haven't talked about it at all on the on this podcast. We have talked about we it for like twenty barely, seconds barely. when they were doesn't really count. They were you, they were two zero, and you guys were like super excited. Oh, get out of here! I was exci- not super. excited. Adam was super excited, Hold on. and Max was not super sad, which I kind of <laughs> super excited. We're a quarter of the way through the basketball season right now. Mike, you have kind of dipped in and out of. Yeah, I just get no, like I get, t- I get texts where it's like, "Oh my god, we're not, we're not losing by ten. Oh my god, we're only losing by eight. Oh my god, like we're not horrible. This they, is a win this they'd year. Maybe a top. The Miami game was impressive. I mean, Miami's lost to like the Globetrotters after that, and then the Washington Generals, and then I think like a D three school. Boom. So it doesn't look as good, but it's still a win at Miami. Well, not only that, they. We're taping this on Tuesday night, and Miami this evening lost to Penn 89-75. Yikes. So if that isn't like pure Rutgers, I don't know what is the fact that everybody's like, that is one of the best road wins in a while for Rutgers. <laughs> it and still it, is. It still is. <laughs> but as Max was Again. joking before we hit record tonight, he's like, this is DePaul. Miami is DePaul. Like, you just went on the road and... and right, like, except we're sitting... Oh, oh, you know what? It was, an, it was an ugly game and they, whatever. They're trying to win every game, 57-54. They got the win. And then it's like, oh, it's a road win against an ACC team. And now it's just like, okay. All right, we're, so we're at this point right now, a quarter of the way through the season. We, we wanted to say basketball talk for now because they've gotten through this three-game hell, as everybody's calling it. Whatever, I, I think it's overblown. But between Miami, Michigan State, and Wisconsin, where are we on this team? I okay. I want to make sure I word this yeah, properly. Okay. I, I'm very interested in your Max's. The, the crazy thing about the last twelve years of Rutgers basketball 
is that they haven't won more than a third of their conference games one time. Like, they have been so bad for so long. And it's weird, right? Because it's not that hard to have an okay college basketball team when you're in a major conference, right? Like that one year, you, you're like the ninth best team in the conference. They've never had that. I have some hope that this team isn't awful. Is that like why? A, why though? Because I I I am on that page, but I don't. That's the fanboy me talking. Because when I watched them against Michigan State and I watched them against Wisconsin, they gave up the run, the twelve two run, but they didn't give up the twenty four to three run. They you know what like the, 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 when it's like when the other team gets going, okay, they're gonna lose by fifteen, they're gonna lose by twenty. They didn't do that in either of these games. Now they Wisconsin game looked a little bit closer at the final score than it actually was. They they hit some threes late and made that close, losing by five. Michigan State, they lose by 11. They didn't really have a chance down the stretch. Like, I have confidence that this team isn't wholly awful, which we really haven't been able to say outside of, what, like, one year with Mike Rice in yeah, a no, long I, time? Like, I was going to say, we're, like, acting as if we haven't seen this in 20 years. We did see it with Mike Rice for a year where he beat – Mediocre teams, mid-level yeah. teams in conference. He got Six. a huge type of win, like a Florida at home. He um he won at Pitt. No, that was Fred Hill. No, that was Fred Hill. <laughs> that, that 2008. Was, that was an honest mistake. Too. I just straight up that forgot. That was um who who Mike Mike Cover Mike Cover Mike Cover and, and then right. they beat Villanova. They beat two ranked Mike Cover yeah. player of the week. It was an unbelievable stretch that I, I don't think most of us can never uh, even imagine that that happened. But it has <laughs> happened recently, where they've gotten to mediocrity. For like a year. Oh, that wasn't okay. Then well, hold on. That Mike that 20, Rice year that wasn't mediocrity. Year. That was just not bet, not not awful. But that's what we're talking about okay. this year. Like right. Rutgers is ninety seven and Kemba's a little bit, but that's fine. Okay. I, I give that to you. That twenty thirteen Rutgers team was uh, one hundred six and Kempom at the end of the year. Like that's the only time. That's the last time they finished above one thirty in Kempom. That's unbelievable. Like it's been some dark, dark days. But it's getting better. I mean, I still have. You know, and and it's Pykele's still trying to figure out his rotations. They seem like they found something with Shaq Carter in the last game, and still trying to figure out who works well together. But I do have some hope that they will be something other than awful. Something other than awful. Now, the 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 thing that concerns me is it's almost like this stretch came too soon to me as a fan, and for most people as the, watching this program, because now people are they they we are just, we're stupid. We're idiots. <laughs> we are so dumb when it comes to like being fanboys where you're like, Just oh, I'm seeing it, signs of hope. I am taking it, but I'm taking it and now I'm putting it to the next level where I'm like, they're going to beat Maryland on January 5th. They're going to beat Indiana at the rack. Like, they're going to get to like six, seven wins in conference. <laughs> like, they're, they're going to do it. So what? Take it. No, the last, no but like, because it's a nice Max, place to as be. As Max texted so eloquently, Three and seventeen is still in play, and it's still very likely. But there still might be better, and yeah. this is the same thing with the football program. I don't care if they had gone one and eleven, and shown us a little bit more. Like if they were just like the fifth worst it's passing team in the country. With, it's tougher with basketball. You have so many more games, and it happens so often that you do need to see wins. I but 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 but, but for me, like I want to see wins, but it's I just want to see them playing better basketball. And it seems like, at the very least, they're focused enough to not just get ran out of the, the gym. Yeah, it's a step up. I, do, I hope, for the fans' sake this year, so far they're 0-2 in terms of... And by the way, 
the support this year has been that is what happens when a you have a horrendous football program. I can't believe how many people have showed up to some of these games early on for hoops. Yeah. The Michigan State crowd was the best we've seen in a very long time. You weren't at the Seton Hall game. Hall, right. I, it's a little different in a rivalry game, but take away that. And people are interested. They've got to get one big win. They have to. He's got to get a huge win at home. He's got to. You've got to give these kids something to remember. You've got to give the students something to come back. Come back for. Because, again, they've showed up now twice to two huge yeah. games, and they didn't get anything down the stretch in terms of a close game. Michigan State and St. John's. Well, yeah, the St. John's game, I know you could probably look at the final score and say they got ran out of the gym. St. John's just hit a bunch of ridiculous shots. I know. Like, like I'm just, I, but it just happens. They, they had, right. again, when you get, you, I say it every year, you only have a few opportunities to really kind of make a mark. But it does In seem, basketball, you've got to get, like, he got his last year with Seton Hall. He's got to get a huge win this year at home. It, it does seem like this year this is the type of team that should probably get one. It's, it's, you got, like, like, they play a style that Richard. is more likely to get an upset than what they were doing the last yes, two Yes, I years. think it'll happen. I think it'll happen. I just, I, I will be selfish <laughs> this year, and I'd much rather, like, last year, you're asking me would I take the Michigan State one on the road where they should have won that game, or, uh, like, a home. Yeah. I, I'd rather the, give me the win at home this year. You need, you need to keep that momentum going at home. They're taking 23 threes a game as a team. That's, like... Steve Peichel has seen the future. That's cool. Like that's something I, I don't think we've ever yeah. seen. They're um they're still two hundred and thirty second in Ken Palm offensive efficiency. Okay, they're not good. Well, I'm not saying they're good at offense, but at least no, they're taking no. threes. Like that's it. Yeah, I mean that's that's you know start. They have a top twenty defense apparently according to Ken Palm. If you believe in that, I, I don't. I, so I, you're not you're not in on like they're you're not putting a number on anything. You're just, again you're just get me. This to, is a year where you're looking to see competitiveness and entertainment. I'm looking to be fairly certain when I turn on the game that they're not going to lose to Illinois by 50 or like whatever they lost to Illinois by, by last year. Or, you know, last year was great. You know, they, they, they did the, they had the little run, putting that in quotes in the big 10 tournament. Um, and they, they played some competitive games against Purdue and Michigan state, but they also had a lot of blowouts in, in big 10 play. And this is really the thing with the football program too, right? Is that if I'm going to give them two hours, just make me feel like I didn't waste my time. And like and then so they, right, that's what I'm saying. They haven't made me feel like that at any in any of these games. I have not at the end of any of these games been like, why did I watch that? And that happened to me a lot in the first cut in, in the the last two years. But this year so far, I have not regretted. I think I've watched six of the eight games. I didn't watch the the BTN Plus games. Um, and I at no point have been like, why did I watch this? I even got, I wasn't planning on watching last night. Um, the, the Wisconsin game because I hate Wisconsin basketball and the way that they play. But I got roped in. And I had fun watching it. By the way, just got a text incoming. Fordham loses to 0-8 Maine. No excuses Saturday. Got to roll them. Oh, the stakes have been raised. They're playing Rutgers at Fordham on Saturday. Yeah. I, I know. It's just... It is, this is they the game. They haven't had the what the fuck this, this is the, this, like This is the game that we've seen them lose so many times. But the, I think the interesting thing is, like, Max comes off here as a smart fan, and Ma- and Adam comes off here as the... Mo- like, if I'm going to use wrestling terminology, like, you come off as a smart fan, he comes off as the mark. And so, like... The difference here is how do you how do you cross that delta between like playing interesting type basketball that is like you know if they had better talent they would probably win more games and just getting to the passing that threshold where you actually get wins to make people buy in who are more than just the longtime sufferers. I think to Max's point though he kind of he's won over people to the point already this season we're a quarter of the way in and, and people are beyond. He's won me over to some degree and so. 
if he wants to continue it, all he has to do this year is win a few of what people will deem the mid-level teams. Like, yeah. I, I guess maybe Indiana's a step up this year. They're definitely better. Like Penn State, you got to beat a team like that at, at home finally. You know, you, you got to be able to, you know, this year you, you should compete against Maryland. So, I, I mean, I, I think, again, you, you win a couple of those. You win one on the road to surprise somebody again. And, again, give me a top 25 win at home. That's my biggest thing this year. Because top 20. Well, you're going to get a lot of, yeah, you're you're gonna gonna get a lot of chances. Ton. You're going to get a lot. There's a lot of Big Ten teams who are going to be ranked this year. You've got to beat one of them at home. That would be that would be more than enough for me. Just really, that would be more, even if they still go like 3-17 and 17 in the conference? And like, we get what you talked about. Mainly okay. entertaining games where they are showing that they're not incompetent. And you pick off a, pick off a team. Rutgers, where we strive to not be incompetent. Right. I, look, there, there are four other Big Ten teams that are ranked outside of the top, top 40 in Ken Palm right now. Like, I kind of see that as a threshold for like, okay, these Who are... are they? It's Iowa, Northwestern, uh, Minnesota, and Illinois. So there's a... There's, Iowa just must have thought... <laughs> and Penn State's like 37. State. Mm-hmm. They're not. I mean, they're a pretty good team. But those 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 level teams are the ones you say, okay, we can upset them. And like, it's yeah, realistic. Yeah. Those okay, are the teams you're, you're talking about. How frustrating is it? As a Rutgers basketball fan, yeah, Iowa has a that Iowa was so bad last year. Awful. Rutgers <clears throat> destroyed them at home. I think Iowa tied with Rutgers for the worst record in the conference. And yet they're good. They're just right back here. It's got to be so frustrating. I, the only Okay, so here's the only thing that I think you brought up something interesting in our text chain today. And it, it's not to be too specific because I hope it leads to better play all around. My biggest issue with Steve Pegler this year is very simple. I thought he failed miserably at doing one thing, and that was getting a starting point guard so Geo Baker did not have to be the point guard this year. You, you could not have gone into this season with a with a, a worse position for, for Geo Baker, and we've seen that, I think, so far. Because he's been the most disappointing to me in terms of this stretch of the big games this season. Both St. John's and Michigan State, he was extremely disappointing. And even last night, you know, we're taping again Tuesday on Monday night against Wisconsin. Uh, you know, I was disappointed in how he played. If Caleb McConnell can play like he did the other night against Michigan State and he played okay against Wisconsin, like Max brought this up, like play them together on the floor at the same time. But you can only have one point guard on the floor at a time, Adam. That's the rules. And you must have a center too. Because that's two how because, well, yeah, they they were playing that two center lineup. But yeah, I I think I'm willing to give a little bit more time to just say, hey, like he, he's figuring out the rotations. I don't love the thing where they just bring in Mathis and Harper. Like it's weird that he's. It seems like he sort of decided on some of his rotations when you don't know how these players mix together because there's so many new players. So I would like to see them try some different combinations. Well, this is an interesting kind of four you know, game stretch that's coming up because now they've. For everybody bitching about how tough the schedule was, now they get a week off between every game. It's bizarre Five the way games the schedule. In December. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's a very weird schedule, and they only play one tough team in Seton Hall. So, I just want to see this month run out the teams at the building that you should. The Fordhams of the world, like they, it shouldn't even be a close game. You got to start. You got to blow those teams out. And oh. <laughs> I, Seton Hall, it is what it is. I mean, they, they are a better team than Rutgers. They've got better at athleticism, so, better players, but we've seen crazy things happen in that game. I'll be interested to see, to see how they play against Fordham because it seems like the vibe I've gotten from just like following everything you guys have been saying is that 
they've been willing to play smaller, faster, more three-point heavy when they're down and they're playing against better teams. And it seems like the like the 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 standard for them is playing two bigs at once and trying to play slower and all that. So I'm curious to see how they play against bad teams, teams like Fordham or teams that they're equal to, and what like Steve Peichel feels is their true sense of self. Well, they kind of have blown out. They, that is the positive this year. They played lesser teams, and while they have not played great first half, but, ham, but as we said, except like, except for Eastern Michigan, well, that was just that thirty-one right. to four at halftime. I'm just saying, they Eastern have, Michigan's drunk. I don't know. Yeah, we are looking for small positives. The yeah, team yeah. that they've supposed to, they should no, have but been I'm not this even year, talking about. They've really beat. But them. I'm not even talking about the like. The deficit that you know, whatever the score is, I'm looking about the style of play because I think that's important. Too. Well, in those games, I thought the style of play was a lot better as well. I thought in all those, I mean, Eastern okay. Michigan, as Max said, not only was the defense unbelievable in Michigan, Eastern Michigan just couldn't shoot. But Rutgers, Rutgers are doing exactly what we've asked them to: chuck up threes and hit some of them. Yeah, they hit most of them. I don't know when it's going to happen. They're but Peter, hot one but Peter Kiss is going to hit like eight or nine threes in a game, <laughs> and it's going to be one of the greatest nights in the history Maybe of the rack. I don't, he might have a lot of games. That, that's not at the rack. He might have oh, a lot of games man. where he goes like 0 for 10, but that, okay, I don't awesome. know. I don't, he is going to get into a fight one day because he is just so obnoxious, and it's, it's great to have that right. kid on that team. On I don't team. know if he's a good player. What I do know is he thinks he's a good player, Fine, and he's opinion. gonna throw up shots, and he is one of these days gonna go like eight for ten from three, and it's gonna be awesome. I mean, the fans are gonna love the irrational confidence white guy. Like that's oh, yes. that's, that's gonna be a fan favorite real fast. Pointing to his head every time. Like, it's great. <laughs> it's great. Like, Dude, I need more of it. He's he's I mean, he's just he doesn't he have like a forty inch vertical? Yeah, yeah he's he, he, is, he, can, he is athletic. Do he the announcers and fans on Twitter talk about him like he's scrappy and like smart? Like do no. they use all that coded language? No, them? Brian Anderson, who called the Wisconsin game the other night, was talking about the forty inch vertical okay. constantly. Right. Um and he I How mean, much heart he has. Uh, no like, <laughs> heart hustle and muscle. Brian yeah. fans went crazy <laughs> when they were like I think Brian Anderson was like, they're for real. They're gonna they're gonna get some teams this year. And like Rutgers fans are probably gonna oh, right, yeah, every yeah, announcer right. says that. I know, I know. There's never well, been an announcer if, like this. If, team's if trash. you only listened to the BTN announcers and like weren't watching any of the games, you would think the Big Ten had fourteen <laughs> teams in the final four. Yeah, it's amazing. I always find it funny, like whenever because this happens with the Knicks too, right? Another bad basketball team. And the announce crew will come in and be like, you know, they're building something here. You know, I, I could see them being good in a few years. When was the last time an announcer came in and was like, this team sucks. They've got no hope. But their, their whole thing is to sell hope. It's the same thing that happened to us with the football team where it was, wait a minute, they went from 2-10 and 10 to 4-8. and eight. You know what's next? 6-6 six and six because yeah, but, it's going up literally. Like, that's how it well, works. You listen to Big Ten Network, like, in the, in the last third of the season, they're all talking about what a good job Chris Ash is doing and <laughs> how, like, how competitive they've been. And you're like, all right, what are guys, they saying? Like, who are you but selling? What are they going to do? This is like you getting mad at Pat Hobbsford. Like, again, that's just a good job. I know, but it's just like, it's fun to me it's like you guys are so it, obviously it, not telling the it truth is, there is there is this this goes across all sports there is sort of a lack of li- like people i, I feel like this is why lo- i watch games on mute i feel like say th- by the way what, did any of us give a win total for basketball preseason yeah, 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 we, yeah we, we all did the there was uh, uh 11 was 11 right? we, we went 11 and a half i went under i said went i think over, nine or 10 because i said i'd put it at 12 at 12 yeah you were the optimist okay. would you change it at all at this point no. I'll go to 10. Five. Of, what, they got five games. They're, they're gonna, five and they're three gonna, right They're going to win three. Maybe Seton Hall. Yeah, I think. You're getting close now. <laughs> I mean, that would take four Big Ten wins. Are you going to get it? Are you going to get it? What I mean, if they lose to Maine? 
Maine, who just beat uh, Fordham. And Maine, who is they, they who is zero and eight. Um, <laughs> one and eight. I gotta think they they play they play twenty Big Ten games. They gotta get four of them right. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't right. know. They're not awful, and that's cool. And that's all I got for now. All right, let's finish it there. That's that's a hell of a way to go out. Um, that's gonna do it for this edition of the Are You Screw podcast. They're not awful. That's a good way to go out. I like it. All right, uh, for Mike, for Adam, for Max. Hey, the players. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you guys in a few weeks on the next episode.